Good morning and welcome. You guys excited to be here? I'm excited to be here. Um, we are in a series um, called Guardrails, and I just I'm grateful that you all are here. I've been praying for you this week. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, welcome to the Grove. I hope that you're going to enjoy this. I know you will actually, but uh, feel free to email me anybody if you you know have prayer requests or. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast and you're in Brazil or somewhere, feel free to shoot me an email and let me know where you're listening from. Um, and then if you have any prayer requests or anything like that, you can email me at robert at thegrovesantafe.com. Um, if you have hate mail, that address is satan at hell.com. Feel free to send that over there. Um, he'll get back to me. Don't worry. Okay. So... Um, anyway, we are in this fantastic series. We've been having a great time uh, learning so much. and we, We've taken a very practical thing, guardrails. We see them everywhere. Um, they are designed to protect and direct. Uh, basically, a definition, you know, working definition of a guardrail is a system designed to keep vehicles, a system, that's a key word there. It's a process. It's a system um, to keep vehicles from straying uh, into dangerous or off-limit areas. And the key thing that we've talked about is guardrails are not in the danger areas. They're two or three you know, feet, two or three yards, something like that, back from the dangerous area. They're in the safe zone. Um, a guardrail may damage your car, it may damage your body, but a guardrail is in place to keep you from greater harm. So we've basically taken the concept of a guardrail. Hey, this is a great idea. Let's make a spiritual concept out of it. And we've, we've taken guardrails and said, what if we put a guardrail in our lives in the areas of morality, in the areas of our finances, in, in our friendships, in our marriage? What if we took some, something um, and, and put it in place in the safe zone so that we bump up against that. It would, it would trigger our conscience. It would light up our conscience and we would recognize, hey, I'm about to careen my life off a cliff while I'm still in the safe zone, right? And so we've taken guardrails and we created this, a, a working definition for the spiritual principle guardrails and we called it a personal standard of behavior. So it's, a, it's my, it's my thing. It's, it's not a sin. So, you know, I have a guardrail about, uh, we, we talked, Eric talked about marriage. So I have a guardrail in my life where I don't, I don't hang out with single women. I just don't do that. That's a guardrail. So if I'm in a situation where it looks like I'm going to be in, end up being with this person in a public place, a female, and, you know, that should trigger my conscience, right? That should alert. Is it a sin? No, it's not a sin. Am I overreacting? Uh, maybe, but if I hang out there, it becomes a yellow line in the road. And those are easily crossed, and I can easily careen my life off a cliff, um, which I don't want to do because I don't want to live those consequences. So that's the, that's the personal standard of behavior that triggers our conscience. It's to light up our conscience. So we've been, um, we've been talking about that. Last week, Eric talked about marriage. Um, I talked about friendships before that. And I think Eric talked about sex. Didn't he turn red? I heard it was like glowing up the building, like just doing a Rudolph impression in here um, with the whole sex thing. So we talked about that. And today, today, there's two more today and next week. Don't miss next week. 
Okay, don't miss next week. It is going to be fantastic. And that particular one is uh, has hugely impacted my life um, as we looked at it. And, and I've seen like boom, 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 these things. So don't miss. Don't miss next week. Today we're going to talk about money. So before you, you know, turn your nose up or go, oh, money, oh, not that. Just, I just consider for a moment, okay, Counselors know this. Um, pastors, we, we experience this. You know, some of you have been a Christian a long time. Um, the two biggest areas that we as human beings deal with issues is in the areas of sex and money. And, and sometimes, you know, a counselor knows this, right? They come, you know, they get the phone call and it's like, hey, uh, my wife and I need to come in. Yeah, sex or money. You just, these are the two big areas that we in fact, if I could get people to raise, which don't raise your hand, okay, just, you know, like this, no nudging, don't look around, don't, you know, none of that, put your hand on your forehead, just hold, everybody hold real still, we'll play the game, what, freeze, okay, to freeze, you know, don't, if I asked you to raise your hand, and I'm not, if I asked you to raise your hand and ask you this question, is the biggest regret in your life, your biggest regrets in your life, do they revolve around sex and money? A lot of us would raise our hand. Here's the interesting thing, right? Culture says, duh, the church, they just want your money. Ah, the church, they're against sex. You know, visa, it's everywhere you want to be. You know, drink responsive. When you're ready, go, go for it. I mean, culture baits us, baits us to the edge of disaster and then mocks us when we cross that line. And, and when, we, when it comes to sex and money, these are big, big issues. For many of us, our, our deepest regrets revolve around sex and money. Um, I can tell you, for myself, money has been a problem for me. Uh, there was a point in my life, um, in the not really too distant past, where I was $38,000 in credit card debt. You know, they did that 0% thing. So you move all your money to a 0%. Well, hey, I just got 10 more grand. You know, it's swipe, swipe, swipe. You know, and it doesn't, well, I'll just get another one. And pretty soon, you know, I had three credit cards and they were all maxed out. And I was, I was, I think my payments were close to 900 a month that I was paying on credit card debt. Okay. So I, there's, don't raise your hand, but okay, honestly. Sex and money. Those are the two biggest things. So we really need to talk about guardrails and putting guardrails in our finances. And this isn't to talk about how the church wants your money or needs your money. Okay, It's about we need guardrails, right? So let me give you the why, okay? So why does the Bible talk so much about, about money? Why did Jesus talk so much about money? You know, and, and the reason is it, it's not because God needs your money. It's because God knows. God knows that his chief competition for your heart and devotion is money. Right. It, it's not the devil. None of us sit at home and go, I don't know, should I? 
worship Satan or should I worship God? You know, should I follow Satan or should no? I mean, we don't. I mean, maybe you do. Maybe, there might be somebody here. OK, different sermon. I mean, maybe different church. I just, you know, that might be the thing. OK, but but none of us think that. But but what does happen? The real internal struggle that we all have is, am I going to surrender my life? Am I going to surrender my life to God? And am I, am I going to follow God? Am I, am I going to trust Him in all of this? Or am I going to trust my finances, my ability to acquire, my ability to um, keep my job and have a job and work and, and have money, my bank account, my savings, right? And, and that, that is a huge, huge thing. And, and it, the Bible talks so much about money. It's not about, it's not because God wants your money. It's not because the church wants your money. I mean, some may, but not this one. And it's, they shouldn't. It's all about your devotion. Your devotion to God. Because God knows that if He can get your checkbook, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. If he can get a hold of that, then he can have your heart. And it's all about devotion. Now, here's how Jesus addresses this. Because maybe you don't believe me. You're like, yeah, right. You're going to pass the bucket still. I am. I am. <laughs> but there's a reason for that. And it's not what you think. Um, Jesus, Jesus addresses this issue. Because maybe you think, no, 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 no. I, I'm not. Okay. Here's the Son of God. Right? This guy... This guy, maybe you're not a Christian. This guy said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna die and I'm gonna raise from the dead and I'm gonna live eternally and I'm gonna forgive all the sins of everyone who puts their faith in me. So if this guy can pull that off, which he did, then if you, we're gonna go with what he says. Okay, so this is what he says. No one can serve two masters. So maybe you're thinking, okay, I'm an American. I don't really have a master. Okay, just hang on. Okay, because you're going to see that you do. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one, to the one, and despise the other. Okay, look at the tension in this verse. Right? There's a tension between trying to have two masters, trying to decide between, am I going to keep it here? Am I, am I trusting in, okay, my, my job is fine. Everything's good. That person's starting to cause me problems. What am I going to do? I need it. Well, you know, how are we going to eat? How am I going to get enough money to get through the kids through college? How am I going to, how am I going to, how am I going to? And my faith is here. My, and my worry and I'm, I'm all here. Or, or am I going to serve God? Am I going to, Am I going to put my faith and trust in, hey, God knows God cares, right? And Jesus says this, you cannot serve God and money. You cannot serve God and money. Cannot, as in cannot, right? You cannot. In other words, there's a tension within you when it comes to who will be the master of you. When we're here and we're talking about money, and it's all about money, we're serving money. We really are. And that's that, t- that tension. Now, here's the thing when it comes to guardrails. There are really two ditches on either side of this road, okay? And the one, the, <laughs> you guys are going to love this. It's really funny. 
the first, the ditch on the right side of the road, I'm going to say the right side. It's really the wrong side of the road, right? Because it's a ditch. But on this side is consuming. And this side is hoarding. Consuming and hoarding. So consuming first. Consuming is, I mean, we're consumers, right? Every, every, everything that comes to me is for me. And I, all the money I get, I, it, they, it turns into things. I, I consume, consume, consume. And then I end up with a lot of consumer debt. Okay, this was me. Okay, I'm over here. Hoarding, hoarding is, is on the side of not hoarding like those people who fill their houses with junk. They're really consumers. Hoarding in the terms of what if, what if I don't have enough? What if, and you're just you're keeping all the money. You know, the extreme part is you've got money in shoeboxes under the bed in your house. I mean, you just you don't want the IRS to know because they may come. And I mean, you're just hoarding, right? And maybe more normal is just my bank account is really really fat because anything could go wrong at any minute, any minute, right? Any minute. So consuming and hoarding. What's really funny is these two people marry each other. Okay. I mean, they marry each other, and, and, and we change the words. It's a lot nicer. We change the words, right? I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not a consumer. I'm a spender, okay? I have said these words. Some of you have said them too. Money is a tool, and I just use it to make myself happy. <laughs> it's a tool to, you know, I buy stuff. Look at all the memories I created for my children when I was swiping my card, you know. Visa, it's everywhere you want to be, right? Um, hoarders, that, the word nicer here is what, do you know? Savers. Savers. And God saves, so savers are godly, right? <laughs> right? So... Lori's the saver, right? Although she enjoyed the memories. Again, I'm telling you, it's true. But um, you have hoarders, you have hoarders, uh, consumers and hoarders. And here's the problem, okay? Here's the problem, is that both of these are, are very self-centered approaches to life, right? Because really, if you're hoarding, you're just, you're gonna, you're just saving it to consume later. Either way, you're going to consume. Every penny that comes to you is for you. Money, money is front and center in your life when you're consuming and hoarding, right? That's just how it is. And, and you're, consumed by, you're, you're consumed by the G word, right? Greed. It's greed, right? And this is the thing about greed, okay? Greed is impossible to see in a mirror, Right? It's a, you look in the mirror, you, you don't see greed. Right? No one comes to me, Pastor, can you pray for me? I'm greedy. Right? No, no, no. I'm not greedy. I, I'm preparing. I'm planning. You know? There was a time in my life where I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't giving. I wasn't free with my, I was keeping it all for me. And, and someone would ask me for money and I'd be like, ah, uh, you know, for to help them on a mission trip or something like that. In my head, I'm like, well, I can't do that. No, I mean, I, we, I, uh, maybe I can give you, I'll let you know. You know, I have, and you can tell a hoarder when you, I, I, Bike for the Light, I talked to over 300 people individually asking them if they could help me. 
raise money for Convoy of Hope. And one of the guys, I work with this guy, I'm going to call him Lawrence, okay? So I talked to Lawrence. I said, hey, dude, can you, can you hook, me, hook me up for Bike for Light? I'm going to ride again this year. He's like, ah, I mean, literally, ah, um, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I said, I'm just asking like 10 bucks. Can you, can you shoot me 10 bucks? Uh, I don't know. I'll have to talk to my wife. Now, I've worked with this guy for 20 years. Okay, and some of you know me. So I just said to him, Lawrence, if 10 bucks will break you, you're already broke. I said, I'm t- it's 10 bucks. He goes, and I could see the light. Like, I mean, he just kind of was like, oh, my gosh. Like, yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I'm sorry. I was, uh, yeah, 10. Yeah, uh, put me down, you know. And he gave me 10 bucks. I'm like, really, Lawrence? You're closing in on a six-figure income, and that's what you got? Ten bucks for me? You know, it's that, it's that thing. And it's greed. And we, we don't see greed in a mirror. But here's the definition. If, you, if Andy Stanley says, if you took all of, Jesus, all of Jesus' teaching and you brought it all together into one thing, this is the definition of greed. It's basically the assumption that it's all for my consumption. Right? It's the assumption that it's for, that it's all for my consumption. Anything that comes to me is for me. I am self-focused. I am self-centered. Money is front and center. Okay. Do you see why God is not need your money? Why God is not interested in having your money? God is interested in breaking the power of greed over your life. God wants to break the power of greed over your life. So what is the key? I mean, what is the thing that will help us? Because you can pray if you want. Lord, help me not be so greedy. Hey, are we going to Starbucks later? I mean, you you just, I mean, you can try that prayer and see if it works. But my experience is it's not, it's not a prayer, right? It's not even really a decision. I am not going to be greedy. You know, just don't ask me for money. Okay, but I am not going to be greedy. Right? There's something else, and it's habit. It's, it is something you decide, but it's more than a decision. It's an action. It's, it's something you put in place that, that becomes a habit for you. Right? Something you consistently do time after time. And it's super, super simple. It's super simple. And here it is. Okay, it's three words. Three words. They all have four letters, but they're the good words. Okay, it's give, save, live. Give, save, live. The first thing we need to do when, it, when money comes to us, the first thing we need to do is give it away. We take a percentage of that money, not all of it, a percentage of that money, and we give it away. Right? We, we're saying, God, I will not be ruled by my finances. Right? I'll not be ruled by my finances. Lord, this is, it's not about me. I'm going to give this away. Right? And look, save and live are still there. You can still be a consumer and a hoarder. Okay? But, but first, you've got to get this right. And we've got to get it right and say, okay, God, I'm going to, this is coming to me, but it's not just for me. I'm going to take a percentage of that and I'm going to give it away. Give, 
save, live. Because if you, if you just have save and live, God won't be your master. And you're going to live in worry. You're going to live in straight. I mean, I'm telling you. Okay, I was stressed when I had all that. 900 a month I was paying in credit card debt. You know, that wasn't easy to come up with. And I was, if I lost my job, oh my God. And that's what happens. When we are, when we are here in this place, what is the first thing you do when the bottom falls out? Right? Even if you're here, you're not a Christian, right? You say, oh my God, which is kind of a prayer. It's kind of a prayer. And, and all of us go to God and say, oh, you know, God, you gotta, you gotta help me. You gotta, and, you know, if we're over here with give, save, live, God's like, yeah, I, I've been watching you. I say, I got you. I got you. Right? You've been giving. And, and, and look at, don't worry. Don't worry. I know and I care. You know, God has got you. And so, you know, how to implement this in your life. It's very, very simple. I, I did this with my kids. Okay? We used envelopes at one point. We did it with Mariah. Mariah wanted jars. She wanted these mason jars, okay? And so we, we created, you know, because your kids need you to mentor. You, they need to see this. They need to model this, you know? So, so, they, so we set this up, you know, and she would work and whatever, and she put her money in the give, money in the save, and money in the live. And then when she wanted stuff, go to movies with her buddies, whatever, she would pull out of the live, right? Give, save, live. It's that simple. So, you take a percentage, so for, 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 for us, you know, our God rail is 10, 10, 80. And, you know, it used to be the phone cards, right? 10, 10, 3, 2, 1, you know? Yeah, now I'm old. Everybody's like, what's a phone card? Sorry. So, but it's 10, 10, 80, right? I take 10% and I give it, I take 10% and I save it, and I live on the rest, right? So, why would I, why would I do this with my kids? Why would I do this with my kids? Right? Is it because I want the church to get their money? You know, they do some work for me and I want to make sure the church gets their money. Is that why I would do that as a pastor? I mean, maybe if I was telling you to do it and I wasn't doing it, maybe. I mean, why? This is important. Why, why would I do that? Why would I teach my children this? You know, is it because, is because if, if the church doesn't get their dollar and 80 cents, I mean, it's lights out. We, we need their money. The church needs their money. No, that, that can't be it, right? I mean, why, why would I teach my children this? It's important. The reason is because I don't want my sons-in-law, I don't want my daughter-in-law to have to compete with stuff for my daughter's attention. I don't want my grandchildren to have to compete for my daughter's and my son's attention. They need to know. My, ch- my children need to know and understand that if they let money be their master, they will serve. And money is an is a evil master. Right? We've experienced it, Right? I want God to be, I want them, God to be there. I want their devotion to be for God. It's not about the church needs your money. It's not about the, you know, 
all that stuff that's, you know, that we see out there. The reason that God wants, that God talks so much about money is because he wants our devotion, right? So, I mean, let's go back to what Jesus says, right? Jesus said this, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You can't serve both God and money. So what God is saying, it's devoted here is the key word, right? Serve, devoted, serve. The, those are, it's the same thing. In, in other words, you will either be devoted to God or you will be lying to God or you'll be lying awake at night, stressing, worrying about piece of paper, pieces of paper with dead people on them, right? Pictures of dead people, right? Who you will never meet, right? You, it's one or the other. Jesus says you cannot, as in can not, serve both God and money. And the best way to tell where you're at is how you spend your money. It's how you spend your money. And I would tithe during some of this time, but I would tithe at the end. I would tithe at the end. You know, because I needed to make sure we were going to make it. You know, and a couple times I would tithe after the next pay period so that I could make it work. So if you're doing that, you're off the hook. You know, right? That's when I would give. Tithe and give are the same, basically the same terms. And Jesus says this. He says, you know, so do do not worry, right? Do not worry. Well, you know, what are we? What am I going to eat? What are we going to wear? What? What? What am? I, how am I going to make the? How am I going to have enough money for the kids? College. How am I going to dress and clothe? How? Don't you know? Jesus says, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't lay in bed. God is concerned about. See, when we don't, this is the thing. When we don't put our faith and our trust in God. We worry. We live under lots of stress. We're, we're consistently worried and concerned about how is this all going to work out? Am I going to have enough? You know, and God doesn't want that for us. God doesn't want that for us. He knows that that will steal our peace, that will take our joy, that will consume our thinking. We make bad decisions when we're in this mindset. Jesus doesn't want money to be front and center. God doesn't want your money. He wants your devotion and he doesn't want you to worry. And then Jesus says this, for the pagans run after these things. It's in that same, a little later in that same sermon that he was giving, the Sermon on the Mount is what it's called. Right? For the pagans run after. Run after is the same thing as serve. Right? The pagans run after all of these things. They, you know, it's just, it's so simple, right? When Jesus is saying the pagans run after these things, it's just an emphasis that a pagan is somebody who doesn't know God. A pagan is someone who doesn't believe that God intervenes. That's, that's all a pagan is in this terminology. They run after these things. They're doing two and three, not one, right? They're consumed. Money is front and center, right? They believe that God doesn't care. God doesn't know. God doesn't care, right? It's about our heart and devotion, right? Right? The things are the stuff we worry about. The pagans run after all that stuff. They're chasing after all that stuff. Jesus says this next. 
And your heavenly father knows that you need them. Your heavenly father knows. This is the crux of the matter. Right? This is the key issue that we are facing when we're, when we're here consuming and hoarding. This is the thing. The reason we worry isn't because, isn't because we, we are even thinking or considering God. We don't believe. Hear me. We don't believe that God knows about our needs and we don't believe he cares. When we're operating like this, you know. One of the defining moments in your life, one of the defining moments in your life is when you decide to believe that God knows what you need and that God cares about what you need. Okay? It was a defining moment for me. It is or has been or can be a defining moment for you when you believe you choose to believe, you decide that God knows and he cares. Now hear me now. This is important. When we look at our Christian faith, most of us want to feel it. We want to feel like God cares. We want to feel like God knows what we need. Okay? A mature faith. When we're kids, that's how we are. When we're young in our faith, that's how it is. When we move to a mature faith. It's when we take God at his word. And whether I feel like you know. Whether I feel like you care. Your word says right here. God knows. Jesus who raised from the dead. All of that says God knows what you need. God. So don't worry he said. Don't worry. And when, we, when you believe God at his word. Whether you feel it or not. Then you walk in it. And it's a defining moment in your faith. And you won't be tossed around by your emotions. Right? God said it. I believe it. That's it. That's it. Right? So, so Jesus says this next because this is, this is the key, right? When we're, when we're in this place, right? What, what happens when you, when you understand that God knows and He's care? We're, you know, the whole, we're like this with our money. They, we go like this, and we go, oh, okay. Okay. I, I, believe, I believe you know, and you care, so I, I'm okay. Right? We, we open our hands. We let go. We, we trust God. We put our faith, and we're not worried. We don't live in this place of worry. Right? So how does that happen? Jesus says it here. He says, he says but seek first. Seek first. This is such a key thing because God knows that something is going to be first. Something is going to be first in your life. Money, consuming, hoarding, whatever. Something has got to be first in your life. And what what Jesus is saying is for this to work for you, for, for the power of greed to be broken over your life, something has to be first and it needs to be the right thing first. It needs to be the right thing first and jesus says but seek first reorder reprioritize seek first his kingdom god's kingdom which is his will his worldview you know his deal um and his righteousness right his way of living right and wrong seek these things first put it first and what 
All of these things, those things that you're chasing after, those things that you're worried about, those what if, what if, what if, and you know, all that stuff, all of that, what, will be given to you as well if you put God first. And it's simply that. Give first, save second, live on the rest. Give first, save second, live on the rest. Right? Do you know when... Do you know when people finally realize this aspect in terms of guardrails in their financial life? Do you know when most people learn this? When the bottom falls out, right? That's when I learned it, you know, when the bottom falls out, right? And we, we pray and we're like, God, help me and all this stuff like that, you know? Did you mute your phone or, oh, is it mine? Sorry. <laughs> is, it, is it mine? Jamie, you didn't remind me. See, I blamed her. Didn't take personal responsibility. And that's what happens. It's a great illustration. That's what happens, right? This is somebody else's fault. We are more than welcome. Uh, I'm, I'm more than want to, I should say, uh, to blame other people for our issue. Right? The victim thing, I swear, it makes my, my eye twitch. I'm headed for a full body twitch with this whole victim thing. Okay? You, you know, there's a point, there's a point where you were a victim. Right? There was. Where issues, it was bad and you were manipulated, whatever happened, happened. It, you were a victim. Okay? But there's a point where you, you know and understand what occurred. You can take personal responsibility from that point forward and you can own your life and your decisions. You can no longer blame that person, that situation, what was going on there anymore. You, you, you are now a volunteer. You're not a victim anymore. You continue. I, I talked to this lady and she, that's what the sheriff told her. She was being abused by her boyfriend, beaten, all that stuff. And he said, she said, yeah, he's not talking to her. How, how many times is this? It's happened a bunch of times. He said, well, I'm, you know, he scratched out victim on the thing and wrote, then you're a volunteer. And, and when we're consuming, we're hoarding, we're here, we're, we're, there's no victim thing here. When the bottom falls out, we have to take personal responsibility for ourselves and say, you know what? It was me. I went with what culture told me. Visa was everywhere I wanted to be except for where I'm at right now. <laughs> and it's not working anymore. I keep getting denied. Right? It's too late. Right? This is when people learn this. And, and here's the truth, okay? Here's the truth. Today is the day that you don't have to, you don't have to wait till the bottom falls out. Right? Give, save, live. Right? Give, save, live. I mean, this is your chance. Today is your chance. Right? Give first. Okay? If you're giving, if you're giving at the end to make sure you make it and float it over the next pay period, it's still all about you. You're just fudging the rules so that you can say, hey, we're good, right? God's saying, no, we're not good. I don't have your full devotion. You're still devoted to money. You're still devoted to your own ability to keep yourself going. And that's not good for you. You know, it's like your kids when they eat a 
10-pound bag of M&Ms. I mean, you're going to get sick. You know, it's not good for you. This is not good for us. Right? You guys, you can do this. Okay? You can do this. You know, your kids need to see this model. In fact, I, in, in the process of moving from one house to another, um, I found this piggy bank. Okay? And my, and my son gave it to me, I don't know, 15 years ago or more, probably. Okay? And it's a piggy bank. And I was going to give it to Dave or Clint, but for some reason, I was thinking they wouldn't want it. So I brought it today for Malachi. Okay? So I'm going to give this to Malachi. And I'm giving this to Malachi for one purpose, so that he can get this right in his life. So you have to get two more just like it, so he can give, save, live on the rest. Right? And as you do this with your kids, as you guys do this for yourselves... I'll buy the mason. I, I wanted to buy a, a temp, you know, huge box of mason jars. We we're going to pass them out to everybody, you know, but that didn't seem to be a good plan. Um, so you guys can do this. And if you do it, you will move from this stress filled life, this worry filled life to a life where your hands are open. And, and when people do this, hear me now, when people do this, what they say is, you know what? I'm giving more than I ever gave before. And and their savings goes up and their spending goes down. And these are the words that they say. I'm more content now than I've ever been. That's it. Give, save, live. And here's the truth. We've said this every time. This is the absolute truth for this series we've been talking about. We've said it every time. No one ever regrets a guardrail. You won't regret this if you choose to do it and make it the habit. So amazingly, that's my challenge. Create this personal standard. This one. Create this personal standard of behavior. Make it a habit. And start this week. This pay period. When the money comes to you, just write the check ahead of time. You know, I know I don't like checks, like, you know, because you never know when they're going to hit because I'm spending away, right? Carve out the money somehow. You can actually go online to lots of lots of churches. If you don't want to give here, fine. Give wherever. But give. Give first. You can go online, swipe your card for a good cause, and give. And, and, and you'll, you'll see that. Oh, okay. And and God is... God is, God is we're showing God our devotion, right? My heart is yours, Lord. My devotion is yours, Lord. Not this. Not this. Because I want to live content. I don't want worry in my life anymore. I don't want to stress anymore, right? Choose to believe he knows and he cares. Choose to believe that he knows and he cares because he doesn't. Now, I'm going to close with this story. And I'm running close to overtime here, but I want to share this with you. I tried to sell my house two different times. We were on the market for a year and again for another six months recently. And it was not selling. And I was looking at having to uh, sell my truck, uh, sell my wave runners, um, and try, you know, I, I couldn't do a home equity loan because, you know, I'm, I, could, I wouldn't be able to pay for it. But my daughter's. Um, I worked it so that I could pay for their college for this semester, 
But next semester, I was when they came home, I was going to tell them, um, you're going to be home now. Because I don't, the goal is, the plan was to sell this house. No one knew the market was going to fall out. And it, this was a big deal for me as the dad, you know, the father. To be, I have to go to my daughters and say, hey, yeah, sorry, you know, that college thing I've been telling you, you need to do your whole life. Um, we're going to have to pause that for a bit. God knows and he cares. We listed our house on Zillow, which is like a forced, you know, for sale by owner, not a realtor, nothing. We just put it on. I went, did bike for the light, and Lori went to Dallas to visit her nephews. When we came back, this guy knocked on the door. He said, basically, where have you guys been? You know, I was riding my bike, you know. And uh, he, said, he, he said, can I see the house? I saw it on Zillow, but can I see the house? He came in, saw the house, came back that afternoon with his kid, made an offer on Wednesday. We had countered, had a written offer Saturday, and the guy says, can you be out October 16th? We're like, Dude, that's like 25 days. Are you, you know, yes, we can. <laughs> yes, we can. Let me look at the offer again. Yes. God knows and he cares. I still pull up my phone sometime and go to that bank account and look at the money that's in there. And I just say, thank you so much, Lord. Thank you so much because you, it's true. You know and you care. God knows and he cares. So I want to challenge you. Choose to do this this week, this pay period. If you have to get little jars or envelopes or whatever, do it. Because you'll live in that space of contentment that God knows. Decide that, not as a feeling, but as a decision. You're going to take God at his word, whether I feel it or not. He knows and he cares. Because trust me, I wasn't feeling it. And it doesn't matter. You know, when I tell my kids I love them, I love them. It doesn't doesn't matter if they feel it or not. It doesn't make it untrue how I feel. God knows and he cares. Give, save, live on the rest. Amen. And maybe you're, you're here and you're, you're, you're not a Christian. I just want to give you an opportunity to, to experience this kind of life where you can live in a, in a space where, God, where you, you can experience the fact that God knows and he cares. And it really is very simple to what I've been talking about. We, we say a prayer, which is just talking to God and, and saying, saying, Jesus, I, I want you to be in charge of my life. I want to put you first in my life. And I want to give you that opportunity right now and to, to, to make that decision. To put your faith, not, in, not running like you know, a pagan that sounds terrible because it has such negative connotations. But really it's just you don't know God. right? And you don't believe God intervenes in the world. And that's where you've been. And I can't redefine Christianity for you. But I can tell you this. Jesus knows and he cares. Don't miss Jesus because of your bad experience with Christians or Christianity. Don't miss Jesus. So if we could, just for privacy, if we could, everybody, you know, kind of bow your heads and or bow your heads and, and close your eyes. If you want that experience, if you want to experience a life without this kind of crazy stress and you want to put Jesus, put God first in your life, could you just raise your hand so I could see you? Thank you. Anyone else? 
You, you want to give your life to Christ. You want to live that life. All right. So let's pray this prayer. If you'll pray with me. I'll allow everybody, if you're, you know, all the Christians, if you'll join in. And, and let's just pray this prayer. Let's say this to God. Uh, dear, dear Jesus. I want to put you first in my life. I want, I want your, your will, your way, and I, I want to live in a way that honors you. Lord, I've made a lot of mistakes like everybody else. Lord Jesus, forgive me of those sins. And I accept you, I ask, I'm sorry, I invite you into my life. Come and be with me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys so much.